Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Welcome to the Big Lead, Big Stream Holiday Podtacular. My name is Stephen Douglas. I am here today with Liam McEwen, also from thebiglead.com. Today, we are here to talk about one of the, I, I don't even know how to describe it, one, one of the most important Christmas movies of all time, certainly one of the most discussed. Uh, we're talking about 2003's Love Actually. A movie that I've seen upwards of, I, I don't even want to guess, way too many times to count. And Liam, this is your first time. Uh, welcome to the club. How did it make you feel? Uh, it's an honor to be a part of the club, finally. Uh, I had never seen Love Actually until I watched it this past weekend in preparation for this podcast but don't tell my girlfriend that she thought i was just being nice um but it was <laughs> it was good it was fun uh i i get it now i mean i didn't watch it not because there was like an active avoidance it just wasn't really my thing i am not a romance movie person broadly speaking um but this is obviously this this is one of those movies that is so popular and is so just widely praised and acclaimed that it does transcend the boundaries of genre is how I would put it. And I did go in with a little bit of a cynical point of view, kind of one of those, you know, let's see how good this actually is sort of thing. And it, it did it did blow me away. It was great. In every regard, it was my favorite movie I've watched in a long time as far as, hey, it's that guy, because everybody in that movie is super famous now. And I was, many of them were famous at the time, but even more so 18, 19 years later. So I had a really good time with that. Martin Freeman's little, like, you know, very minor part in it was a true delight for me. Um but yeah, no, overall, it was good. I, I was a little surprised. I know that uh, it's one of, you know, it is a premier Christmas movie. And there were, you know, there was a lot, plenty of Christmas stuff. And the whole Billy Mac thing was all about Christmas. But, you know, a shocking lack of Christmas trees for a Christmas movie is something that stood out to me. Not a lot of screen time for the Christmas trees. And for if it, it did kind of feel like outside of the Billy Mac stuff, there wasn't a lot of, like, heavy-handed Christmas kind of you know themes going on but then by the end of it like the last i think 20 to 30 minutes you're like all right this is a christmas movie i think i i, I started off not entirely buying into the concept that it was a christmas movie and by the end i was like i don't know how you consider this anything other than a christmas movie well i think maybe the 
the the part that might make it not feel like a, such a Christmas movie is the absolute mess of the timeline. Uh, this is supposed to all take place in the last five weeks before Christmas. Um, as someone who has watched and loved this movie for almost 20 years now, uh, there are a lot of problems with it. And I'm, I'm, I'm happy that you, that all of the problems didn't uh, stick out and bother you on the first viewing. And I think that's what, uh, what makes it so great is that people watch it and the more they watch it, they're like, well, this makes no sense. This makes no sense. Well, there's Uh, one, there's one thing that while I was watching bugged the shit out of me and I loudly complained about it. What bugged me the most on my first viewing was Colin flying out to Milwaukee, Wisconsin and immediately finding three of the most attractive women in the entire Midwest who then want to sleep with him. That was ridiculous. That was absurd. I thought they were going to rob him. I was super convinced that this was going to take a really dark turn. Like it was so ridiculous. Like the, the, the likelihood of him being able to find like that, that just didn't, it doesn't work like that, man. I don't have an accent, I guess for, you know, the American woman, but that was the one thing where I was like, bullshit. He tries that today. He's not, he's going home with nothing on his back because he will have been robbed by those women. That's, that's my one thing. That's the one thing, the one thing. Well, watch. Okay, yes. Well, you, you don't have that adorable British accent with the ability to say bottle. And yeah, maybe that... I'm just jealous, but like overall, I like was really until the scene cut away, I thought something terrible was gonna happen to him and that he was getting tricked. Despite knowing what I knew about the movie. And that was it like probably like an hour and a half in. Like I knew it was a nice movie where good things happened to everybody, but still. Yeah, that that was definitely a uh, a, a wild uh, little plot where Colin Frissel goes and well, first he he makes a fool of himself at the uh, at the party. He's a server, which his friend was hanging out at. Um, his friend who is works on porn sets, and he the entire time Colin's like, "I'm a, I'm gonna go to America. It's gonna be great." And his friend's like telling him not to do it. I mean, not a very supportive friend. Um, so Colin goes, just take me to any any typical American bar with a Budweiser. Uh, and he is immediately greeted by three very attractive women. And and to say he found three women is misleading because then they also live at home with Harriet, who is Shannon Elizabeth. So the this this is like peak Shannon Elizabeth. Uh this is or a couple of years after American Pie, uh Alicia Cuthbert. Um, January Jones, very young January Jones there. Um, it, yeah, it, it definitely still stands out as something that if the final scene had revealed that this was something that uh, Colin had all imagined, like all of these different plots, after he'd been hit in the head by the caterer, um, <laughs> then that would have made perfect sense. Um, what uh okay after Colin what what was another one of your you you mentioned you really liked uh, the prime minister yep I was super in on Hugh Grant as the prime minister I could watch an entire movie about Hugh Grant as the prime minister maybe it's the way that we've been beaten down so brutally by our hopes and the leaders of our countries over the last five or so years or maybe it's just because Hugh Grant is such just an overall attractive human being and you just want him to love you so much. 
but I would just, I fucking loved it, man. Hugh Grant is great, obviously. I didn't know, I like I said, I went into this movie basically blind. The only thing I knew about Love Actually was that it had the weird note card scene thing with Kira Knightley. I don't mm. even, uh, that is the only thing I knew about this movie. And so seeing Hugh Grant as like this young, like cheery, optimistic prime minister who then clowns the fuck out of the guy who's clearly supposed to be George W. Bush was just outstanding. Uh, his flirtation and eventual relationship with Natalie was 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 good. I was a little confused when they kept on making these like thick jokes about Natalie because she was a woman of very normal size every other aspect i'm not going to get myself into any more trouble here but like it was a little over the top i couldn't tell if they were being tongue-in-cheek or if it didn't just didn't age well i think it might be the latter but i am going to choose to perhaps believe the former um but either way i mean hugh grant i want him to be the president of the united states if not that i want him to be the prime minister he could do a better job than anybody else is in charge so um, I did really enjoy that. That was, I think, I think just, I think that was like my second favorite storyline of the movie. It wasn't my most favorite just because the way that their romance kind of happened wasn't like overtly romantic. It was, you know, kind of like frantic and, you know, cute in an endearing way as far as kind of, you know, this 35 year old prime minister is like acting like a schoolboy around the, the girl he has a crush on or whatever. But, uh, you know, it wasn't it wasn't the most romantic for a romance. Yes. Uh, Prime Minister David would have uh, resigned in disgrace not long into his tenure, I'm thinking, uh, after he is seen in making out with his. Uh, yeah, the tea girl. Uh, and and that's immediate. Just from their first meeting, he immediately goes behind the door and he's like, oh, shit, what am I getting myself into? <laughs> like and, and there's a there, very, very problematic, the uh, power dynamics in this relationship, uh, right down to the part where he has her uprooted, moved uh, to someplace else in uh, in the government. A uh, lot of problems with David there. And that was directly after she got sexually harassed by the president of the United States, which yeah. makes what I said this when I was watching it, I was like, she's going to be like, they didn't. They didn't go down this road in the movie, but she definitely would have felt like she was being punished for being yeah. sexually harassed by the president of the United States. That's crazy. Oh, That's bad. That's bad leadership, David. That's terrible leadership. Yeah, there were the the your your first two storylines that you picked out really show the complicated relationship that Love actually has with Americans. On the one hand, we have the idyllic uh, Wisconsin bar with uh, the beautiful women who are very nice. And on the other hand, you have the ugliest American possible as president. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's 2003. Um, it's it's Bush, but it's also a pre-Trump, Trumpy uh, president. And were you at all shocked in the opening monologue? Because I think it was a few years uh, down the line watching this where, because this is a movie that I would watch on basic cable a lot. Uh, whenever it was on so i didn't always catch the beginning so the first time that hugh grant and the voiceover says when the planes hit the twin tower hit the towers i was like whoa i must either i mentally checked out or i didn't get that version because i didn't notice that which yeah you were probably you were probably still in your uh getting comfortable phase yeah in the very beginning in the uh, opening monologue he's 
he's like when the planes hit the towers the the phone calls from the planes uh were not a but right that's right now i remember yep yep it was about the love and the hate thing and they weren't you know the phone calls weren't out of revenge that was yeah that was uh that was jarring. i think i was just so open to whatever the movie was gonna throw at me that i wasn't like turned off by that but in retrospect that is kind of a wild thing to have in the first literally 30 seconds of the movie well, I mean, it was so fresh back then. I mean, 2013, when they, I mean, they were probably writing the script. 2003. Right then. Yeah. So anyway, yeah. 9-11 plays a, uh, plays a part in Love Actually, surprisingly. But not enough of a part, in my opinion, because oh, yes. that kid managed to get through like five layers of security to tell his little eight-year-old crush that he had a crush on her. That was the most unrealistic part of the entire movie was that this child was not tackled by the TSA people as soon as he ducked through the first security checkpoint. Like that was that was ridiculous. It wasn't it was it was nice. It was a nice moment. This was one of those like there were a couple moments in this movie where I had to check myself and be like, stop being an asshole. This is supposed to be a nice movie with warm feelings and things aren't going to be entirely realistic and you need to be less cynical and, you know, maybe an overall life lesson. But for this movie, I was that was like one of the few parts I was unable to be like, I can't I can't I couldn't do it. Thomas Brody Sangster sprinting through security, managing to duck and dive around the security guards, and he's not getting tased. I mean, come on, come on. That's not that wouldn't happen today. That wouldn't happen today. And especially too, that was actually what I why I forgot for a moment what time the movie took place. Because I was like, was this pre-9-11? Like pre-9-11, you could just do that. Post 9-11, especially two years after 9-11, you absolutely could not. That was, yeah, that was my biggest, like, what the hell is happening here moment. Yeah, so he he got through security with the help of uh, Rowan Atkinson. Uh, are, did you grow up uh, with knowledge of Mr. Bean? Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for three forty nine dollars a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Uh, I was not uh, big into his whole act shtick, but I absolutely knew who he was, and I recognized Mr. Bean all the time. And we and I did participate in the Big Leads, one of the better posts that's gone up on the website during my tenure here, which was candidates to replace Mr. Bean. Yes, uh, it was delightful to see uh, Mr. Bean pop up. For he was kind, of, he kind of acted as the uh, the one magical character in the uh movie i mean aside from colin but uh he shows up and kind of does his does his, his incredible physical comedy where he just makes a big deal out of everything um so he was and that was only his second small scene in the film the other one being uh when he is gift wrapping the jewelry that that Harry, that Alan Rickman is buying for Mia, his secretary. Yet another problematic workplace in the Love Actually universe. As even uh, even removing the uh, Mia situation for the married uh, boss, he begins the movie by pulling Laura Linney in to talk about how uh, Xerxes and her should uh, get married. 
very inappropriate conversations pretty much and then you have colin being the delivery guy bringing the sandwiches hitting on every single woman just <laughs> so much problematic behavior in this movie um i'm surprised that your uh younger millennial senses didn't immediately turn you and your girlfriend off to this uh film well my girlfriend is a long time viewer i think she's seen it as many times as you have even despite the slight age difference so uh there's that. My millennial senses, as they were, were tingling with the Kiera Knightley scene. Uh, that scene, I was under the impression that there was, like, a lot more backstory there and that, you know, there would be more than simply one very uncomfortable conversation slash whatever you want to call that scene where she was watching the video he made of her wedding where he's just zooming in on her like a total creep. Uh, and then he shows up at our house and does the poster board things, and then it works. That is ridiculous. I was that was what I well, I mean, I'm not gonna harp on too much how unridiculous it is because it's a romance movie, who cares? But it was that was the biggest shock to me of the movie was that that scene was not like a big finale to like a big romantic relationship, it was like the third thing that he did with Kiara Knightley in the entire movie. Yeah, he apparently just uh, ignored her during their entire friendship. And then because he made a nice video, a uh, nice creepy video, she was willing to cheat on her husband with him uh, four days, like a couple weeks later. Not to mention Karen and, Knightley is so young in that movie. She's like, what, 18, right? This was like her breakthrough yeah. part year before, or the same year as Pirates of the Caribbean. Yeah, uh, that's also a little problematic. Just, uh, just the casting Keira Knightley in this situation with these uh, uh, late twenties and uh, early thirties actors just very, very weird. But you know, you gotta get Keira Knightley in there to make it a truly British film. Um, truly British film from the early two thousands, and Keira Knightley's got to get her money. I support that. Yes, I will so, also say that Keira Knightley's husband in uh love actually uh peter he as the the actor has aged tremendously he barely looks different from the 2003 movie and when he shows up in doctor strange in like 2017 yes and, and this is another movie that where they, they had to create a entire song and it had to be uh it had to fit and make sense as like a christmas number one hit even i mean there are plenty of bad christmas songs that have been around for a long time and this which is which is kind of a parody of a previous song that billy mack had as a hit um is kind of enjoyable um when i hear this on like uh serious christmas stations i do not change it and it's weird because they uh they put the title of the song as love actually it's called love actually <laughs> well but it's not it's christmas is all around yeah. Is the is the name of the song from the movie. So I don't know why they do that. Bill Nye is uh great as Billy Mac and his manager Joe. That it's a it's a great story. He has some he is definitely the funniest parts of the film. Uh nothing true, nothing really sad or uh that should make you uncomfortable. Easily the part that holds up the best uh 20 years later. Especially as a media guy is watching his radio interview, I was like, that's the good stuff right there. That's elite content from Billy Mack going on radio and cursing out his competitors. 
and and drawing we have little pricks on uh on blue i'm not blue is a thing where i'm not sure if they're a real group or not i don't think they are but they make for fine fodder for him uh that's that was some alliteration right there um uh, i will i do want to say that for all of the talk that we've had about power dynamics and relationships and the various problems in uh that present themselves in love actually in that regard my favorite relationship involved a circumstance where that absolutely could have been a problem but somehow was not between jamie bennett aka colin firth and aurelia his portuguese uh cleaning lady and honestly i thought that was going to be a big problem like that happens in the first 45 minutes of the movie as they get introduced and like there's a hint there that that's one of going to be one of the romance storylines and i was like oh no this is going to be some like bad stuff even though colin firth's character seems very pure and great and just wants to sit there and write a book I think I'm going to end up feeling uncomfortable, and I was not. I was very comfortable. Everybody loved each other in the most pure sense possible. Their reunion was maybe the weirdest at the end of the movie, but also the cutest. I really, I really enjoyed pretty much everything they brought to the table there, except for when his entire book blew into the water. Uh, that hurt my feelings as a writer. Yeah, um, another weird timeline thing where he, in all within five weeks, his girlfriend cheats on him with his brother. He takes to what I assume is the French countryside. He meets a nice Portuguese girl. Um, he learns, he sends her home for Christmas. He goes and then learns Portuguese. Uh, Poorly. He learned it well enough to speak fluently. With, well, maybe not fluently, to speak it, which... At least there was that like minor bit of realism is that in his like pre-prepared speech, he fucked up like several significant things. And then and she did the done, same thing. It was so nice. And and he's done all this prep work. And then he goes to Christmas Eve at his family's house and then realizes, oh, well, I should actually uh, jump a plane to Portugal. Uh, get me to Gatwick. Um, <laughs> exactly. The, Especially, weird. I mean... I think the timeline thing really hits home when you said it out loud because like getting having your girlfriend cheat on you with your brother is like a life altering event. That's something that would mess up a normal person for like years, maybe, especially given they appeared to be living together at the time and their relationship was fairly serious and all that stuff. And this dude bounces back immediately thanks to happenstance, the beauty of love actually, and the slightly, you know, blurred lines of realism. So, yes, we have him, we have Jamie taking the uh, last minute Christmas Eve flight to another country. Um, and they did a lot on Christmas Eve that I just, I don't, I didn't realize that uh, having the number one song in the country on Christmas was such a big deal. Um, I'm not sure if that's real or not, just like blue. Um and well, having maybe, these... maybe we're just uh we're just numb to it because it's been mariah carey for so long maybe it's a bigger deal in other places but also on christmas eve they have the uh the big school production which i cannot imagine christmas eve you, people have family plans and there we got these kids doing the birth of jesus with uh octopuses with octopi this is not happening but it was important to have it so that we could have all i want for christmas is you uh performed by the love interest the small love interest and did you notice that the uh 
the main teacher who spoke introducing the song was the old partner from Breaking Bad. He was Walter White's original uh, oh, really? from Grey Matter. Yeah. Oh, dang. See, so the, everyone is cut. something. Yeah. But everybody yeah. is in something. It actually is pretty crazy. The youngest actor in the entire movie is ends up being like the star for a blockbuster trilogy like 15 years later. He's also in so many things. Uh, the Sam, Sam, what's his face? Uh, Sam is the, the is kid. He a Star Wars guy? No, he was in <laughs> Blockbuster, might be pushing it. He was in the Maze Runner movies. <laughs> <laughs> they wanted the, the, the people who made those movies wanted it to be the next Hungry Games. And it yes. wasn't, but they did make it to all three movies, which is a point in their favor. And I'm just biased because I thought the books were awesome. The movies were less awesome. But he was, that's like, you know, that's a Hollywood, like, whatever the middle ground is between Bust and Blockbuster, fine. It was a fine movie. But he was in it. Yeah, it, that was that was what it was crazy about. Well, that's what, that's what I said at the beginning. It's like, this was just one big game of, hey, it's that person, with the exception of Martin Freeman's love interest, who I did not recognize, Joanna Page. Yeah, I, for... For Thomas Brody Sangster, when I saw him show up in Game of Thrones as Jojen, I was like, uh, "Whoa, that's a kid from Love Actually." I'm looking at his IMDb. I don't recognize a single thing he was in between uh, Game of Thrones and Love Actually in that entire decade. But he was working, so that's and on he me. He does not look different at all, which is no. a little weird. But he does has not changed even like a tiny bit. He's still just a total string bean kid with that same hair. Yeah. So Sam definitely, I mean, learning Portuguese in a couple of weeks, uh, you know, that's that's tough. But Sam, not only learning the drums to uh, love actually, but getting the part in the school play all within a couple of weeks is absolutely the wildest most unrealistic part of this film i didn't and... even consider that the timeline got like murky in my head about halfway through the movie especially since the title cards for how many weeks are left until christmas are a little bit more subtle than maybe they should be um five weeks to learn how to play the drums like a fucking master and then and then end up with the part in the play that you're right you are very right very unrealistic yes i'm i've got this uh post floating around my head about Sam and about a angry parent whose child has spent years uh, perfecting the drums and he loses out the part. He gets the part ripped away from him right on the eve of the big performance by the son of the friend of the prime minister's sister. It's, I mean, Hugh Grant, is just out of control wielding his power in this film. And I know it's it's a nice little nice little relationship he's got there, but there he's just wielding his power in the most unprofessional ways. He should have wielded his power to give us a satisfying ending to his sister's issue with her husband, which I get is like the point, right? It's that not every story is going to have like a satisfied, happy, wrapped up ending. And sometimes people go through things and it doesn't mean they love each other less. It just means they need to work through it and blah, blah, blah. But like this man dropped a couple hundred pounds on a gold necklace for his secretary, who he did not fire after being confronted by his wife from the looks of it. And 
they had a very emotional crying thing where they didn't like really say anything and then they just met at the airport and like things were clearly still frigid and it makes it a better movie to have something like that that was probably like you know the most realistic relationship of all the ones listed is the one that doesn't actually really work out it's just about this you know the troubles that come along with marriage and that sort of thing but I'm still kind of mad. Emma Thompson deserved better. Alan Rickman was kind of being an asshole there, you know? I think I think he should have gotten a little bit more of his comeuppance, and Emma Thompson should be with somebody who values her, because she's Emma Thompson. She's great. Yes. Uh, Harry was very bad, but he, he hadn't even done anything by the time that uh, Karen decided that he was cheating. Um, he was very bad at this the entire time. Uh, she jumped to a total conclusion. He could have been saving the necklace for Christmas morning. And she saw the CD and immediately started to cry. Um, the fact that he was shopping with her when he tried to buy the jewelry, he was just begging to be caught a million different times. And it's it's not a shame that uh, bad things ended up happening to him. All right, Liam. Now, I could sit here and pick apart love, actually for another three hours but nobody needs that so let's get to our rating for the movie uh we do this based on the 12 days of christmas uh you don't need to know what the days of christmas are but as a christmas movie i will give love actually a deeply flawed film that is extremely problematic has not aged well in many regards 11 out of 12 I cannot go a Christmas season without watching this multiple times. I had it on this morning while I was working. It is delightful as it is bad. It is a great bad movie. So I would go 11 out of 12 for Love Actually. Okay, I'm a little bit lower. I would give it 9 out of 12 days of Christmas. But here's why. It's not for all the reasons that we picked apart on this podcast, because most of those are, you know, the kind of believable, you know, you can bury your head in the sand for a couple of minutes and accept this stuff that you need to enjoy in any movie, and especially a romance movie, and especially a romance movie of this ilk where everything comes in looping together at the end. There needs to be a certain suspension of reality, and there's not going to be a single movie made before 2005 or, you know, really 2010 that hasn't aged poorly in at least some regard my reason for docking in a couple of points compared to you is that i just didn't feel like it was that much of a christmas movie christmas was the backdrop they used christmas as the timeline but there wasn't really a christmas feel to it and i think that has less to do with the movie and more about the fact that i watched it for the first time in november now, if we had done this podcast in a month and a half, I had watched it on December 20th, and we did this podcast in January, maybe I'd feel a little differently. But as it stands, I think that it is a Christmas movie because people like watching it around Christmas rather than it really having a lot of Christmas-centric themes, which for me, because I did not experience it that way, does dock it slightly. Well, fair enough. Um we, I think we can actually revisit Love Actually when we discuss the Ted Lasso Christmas episode, uh, maybe in a week or two. Absolutely. That would be, I have to rewatch it because I think it will be much different the second time around because I didn't see Love Actually before I watched it the first time. So I was a little confused by everything except for the postcards. So 
For Liam McEwen, I'm Stephen Douglas for The Big Lead. Uh, We will see you next time. Happy holidays. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.